Hey guys, Data Collectors here. Just breaking away from the scheduled show to talk about podcasting with Anchor. Do you have something to say? Do you want to express yourself? Do you feel your perspective or experience is valuable? Or would you like to get paid to share your voice? Then you should download the free app Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R, from any device. Or just visit the anchor.fn website to get started. The website is user-friendly, and you can edit and even upload from your device. Plus, Anchor is integrated with your favorite social media platform. So it's easy as one, two, three to share your podcast because Anchor does it for you. Everything you need is in one place. Don't just take our word for it. Download your free app today. And subscribe to our show once you get started. All right, now. Let's get back to the show. Hey, y'all. I'm Steve. And I'm North. And we're the, the Data, Data Collectors. Collectors. Today, we'll be talking about a book written by Paulo Coelho titled The Alchemist. And we'll be covering up the page 27 in the text. And the data that we have collected will cause you to reflect on your own personal legend. And achieving your personal legend is the theme of the book. We have a few maxims that we collected from the text as well, such as... Are you the shepherd or the sheep? What is a personal legend? And what is a stepping stone? Maintaining balance between surviving and creating. Where is God? Oh yeah, we went there. Definitely. Paying attention to your dreams literally and figuratively. The world's greatest lie. And also achieving something for your parent. Do you agree or disagree? And before we get into the text, let's just talk about the author, Paulo Coelho. Babe, imagine being 41, still following your dream. I know, right? You would think that's that's too old. Like, why wait so long to try to to try to accomplish something like that? Mm-hmm. But essentially, the theme of the book is also the story of his life, chasing one's own personal legend. He sold only two books his first year. He lost his original publishing deal contract. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how could he even still keep going forward? I mean, I know me personally, I would have been, you know. A bit flustered. Right. He probably did, but uh, through it all, he persevered, he persisted, and he stayed dedicated to his dream. Because at that point, that was that's probably all he had. And that's really what you have to do if you truly want to accomplish something like this, something great. Mm. I guess that's how we're able to enjoy this book now. His story is our story. You know, even when it seems too late or you don't have that support system, you know, you got to keep going. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I feel like it's a, it's a true fact that if you don't have faith in yourself, you can't expect others to have faith in you. Or if they do, it'll be much more limited. You got to be able to believe in yourself. You got to be able to stand your own two feet. You just can't always look for help all the time. And I believe even though he did look for help, he still put out the work himself. He wasn't, I don't think he was begging. I think he really, he did a lot of stuff himself. Mm, yeah, that's powerful. So let's just get into it. Let's get into the plot. Okay. Before we jump into the plot, we'll talk about the short story called The Narcissist. Oh, yes. That was a short two-page read. And what I got from that is that 
we exist because we exist in others. You know, no one is an island. I matter because I matter to someone else. And I think it's about realizing the connectedness in us all, you know? Yeah, I do. And it's triggered around a young boy by the name of Narcissist, who every every day he comes to this specific lake, kneels down, looks into it. At the same time that he's looking to the lake, the lake is also looking at itself through the eyes of Narcissist. And they develop this type of connection of needing each other without really realizing it. Mm. It's kind of like the more we help ourselves and follow our own desires, the more we are able to help each other so someone else can follow their own desires. Yeah, that's pretty much the narcissist in a nutshell. Well, in our opinion, anyway. Okay, right. It may be different interpretations based on where you're at in life. True. Okay, I guess. Now the plot. Okay, the story opens up with a young shepherd boy named Santiago. Who awakens in the ruins of an old abandoned church. That's where he's been sleeping. And he's been having these reoccurring dreams. I believe it's the second time now he's had this one dream. And he feels like there's a, it's a higher purpose to him having this dream. You know, I started recently um, looking up my dream. Mm-hmm. Like anytime I have a dream that makes me feel a certain type of way, I look it up. Even you know, I go so far as to even look up things in my regular life and interpret what it means because I think dreams no one else can dream what you dream. Like your dream only you it can experience. So I think it's special. At least we hope so. That'd be kinda of scary if we both had the same <laughs> damn dream. Well, that would be some <laughs> interesting occurrence, but Yeah, your dreams are powerful. So Santiago's having his dream over and over again and is is bothering him in a way. Like he's like, what does this mean? It's bothering him so much that he actually goes and gets his dream interpreted. You know, he's a shepherd having his regular shepherd task, which is getting his uh, his sheep. Sharing his sheep. Sharing his sheep. He goes from land to land and he shears his sheep for merchant. And that's pretty much how he makes his living. You know, originally, um, he was supposed, well, through the eyes of his parents, they were trying to raise him to become a priest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he had a good, I believe he had a good family. Um, they, They worked very hard. And even though at the end of the day, he told them, especially his father, he told his father that he didn't want to be a priest, but he had more of his own personal goals, his own passions, and that was to travel. Sometimes we might tell our parents something that they may not want to hear, or we may not want to go the path that they want us to go. And there's different type of parents out there. There's those that will backlash or those that will accept. He was fortunate enough to have a parent that accepted his, his decision not to not to go that route and to choose his own path. Even so much that he even um he gave him, I think, three uh, valuable items. Yeah, it was going to be his inheritance. It was like gold. And back then, that's their currency to take care of themselves. So his father basically, like, you know, gave him... Um, his blessings. Yeah, you know, go ahead. If you want to travel and be a shepherd, 
I support you. So that's what Santiago was. He was a young shepherd. He was traveling. You know, he would go get some good books. You know, before we go deeper, I think uh, that's kind of an unspoken element in the book that they don't talk about. They don't dive too much because save his father didn't accept it. Now, he would have had that burden on his conscience through his journeys now. I think it made him more at ease, even though they don't talk right. about it. Because think about it, um, if you're doing something and your parents are kind of against it, it kind of puts that that antagonistic feeling to everything you're doing. Because you got to think, they, they don't even accept what I'm doing. Yeah, so, it could be um, traumatic in a sense. Like, makes things harder. Yeah, you know, your parents are not supporting you. So it's like, dang, should I even do this? And that just requires you to believe in yourself a little bit more. But Santiago, again, was fortunate. He did have a support system, which, you know, is helpful when you're following your dream. So he set off to follow his, a shepherd, same dream. And the story starts off with uh, him going into this town to uh, get a sheep shared and he meets this girl. And this girl is an interesting character because when she comes along, it's like this this decision that he has to make or I feel like sometimes we're all faced with. Do you choose what you love or... Choose who you love. Right, right. Like, you know, because he could stay in that same town and just get a job, get married. But what about his dream to travel? But still, this is still just a pipe dream, though, at the same time. It's, It's a desire, but you know he doesn't even know that yet because um, he's he's kind of where he's he's going through his head. He's trying to play it out because he has he has to meet her again eventually. But he hasn't really popped the question and all that. He's hoping that she would, but you don't really know how it's gonna play out just yet. Well, yeah, that's true. He, but he's he he will risk it all. That's basically where he's at. You know, he's that type of person. I'm gonna risk my dream of what I want to do for who I want to be with. Yeah, yeah, I guess he is because his dream is not yet realized. I guess he's at the point where he could possibly give up on his dream because when you have a dream, it's always risky. There's no blueprint. There's no one saying, okay, check, that's right, check, that's right because it's it's kind of like a personal passion. Sometimes there is no one to follow. You're just following your inner truth and you're just doing what you love. And yeah. Things require sacrifice, especially um, something like this. Like if you're chasing your dreams, a lot of times it, it may require some type of sacrifice, something that you don't want to give up. But there will be things that you have to stop doing to give the attention, give the dedication to this one element. Right. There's always a price to pay, whether it's time or like an actual price. You're, right. you're going to always have to pay. And I think Santiago in a sense paid his price because the story continues um, from him sharing his sheep or getting his sheep shared. He goes to get his dream interpreted and you know, it, that's not a free thing. So he gets his dream interpreted that he keeps having. By a gypsy. By a gypsy. <laughs> and of course he's skeptical because she's a gypsy. And, and he has his little underlying fear of gypsies from what he was told as a child growing up. Yeah, that's the issue too, you know. <laughs> Prejudices can be a, a hindrance to uh, you reaching your dream because when you like like we said from the narcissist, when you help yourself, you're able to help others. But if you have these prejudices, you're gonna be limited. 
you're not going to want to do something because of this preconceived notion about this preconceived thing like it's just nonsense so anyway he gets his dream um interpreted but of course it's a price but the price that he pays is interesting i know because she starts to read his poem and you know because he's all all these thoughts is going through his head he's like why she's just reading his poem she's not really saying nothing then he starts to tell her about the dream that he's having that a child is is showing him something ends up taking him to the pyramids of Egypt and says there's a hidden treasure here and right before the child's about to show him the treasure he wakes up snap I would be pissed like it's like getting waking up out your dream (laughs) before the good part comes like so he doesn't even get to know where the treasure is right like I was this close it's like you see and say you having a dream about the news and you see the lotto numbers come up and somebody wakes you up before the lotto numbers come up. You was like, I was about to get the numbers. But anyway, so he's getting waking up early, but the gypsy is able to interpret his dream. And here we have in a text this concept of dreams being the language of God. So there's actually two. She was saying if it's the language of God, she can interpret it. But if it's the language of the soul only the bearer can interpret it. Well, not even... First of all, all dreams are the language of God. But there is either the language of the world and then the language of the soul. The language of the soul, she can't interpret. The language of the world, she can. And That's what I meant. <clears throat> I know, I know, baby. Right. So, <clears throat> what I... What I've, you need some look, water, baby? <clears throat> actually, yes. Let me, right, what I've seen the two interpretations <laughs> is the soul is figurative the language of the world is literal so she was telling okay. you gotta go get your treasure you literally gotta go to the pyramids right and and that's like slapping the face like, <clears throat> like really that's all it meant and, and that's that's another point something that seems so simple for us at times can become so difficult because even our personal legend which we knew since we were a child it could be something simple as to write or to travel, a simple thing, but we make it so difficult. Like, no, we can't do that because we gotta we gotta work, or no, we can't do this because I gotta get this the best printer, or I gotta do this, this, and that. Well, what the gypsy said in plain text, uh, what she say, it's best to hide things in plain sight. Something hidden in plain sight, you think you wouldn't think like it's so simple like that. Mm. I found it interesting too. Um, saying the gypsy saying to to the shepherd that the boy that the child was showing him this so that means it was true so I guess that's like a, a deeper meaning to a child showing you something in your dreams because you would think like by all accounts children are pretty much innocent they don't they're not devious nobody's born evil nobody's born misleading or any, t- any other type of way so I think that's a deeper meaning for a child showing you something in your dreamings is an honest it's an honest act so that's why she said the child showed you this so it's there because yeah, one thing about children and in relation to dreams children believe in themselves children have they mastered the art of imagination which is and they're innocent it's, yeah they're innocent but they but they believe in themselves they have imagination they can believe in things that they don't see they they're creative they don't it's like they're not limited 
because they haven't experienced these failures. So a child is going to, if they want to dance, they'll dance. If they want to sing, they'll sing. You know, if they want to tell you your breath stink, they're going to tell you because that's what children are. Like you said, they're innocent. They have this, this inexperience kind of is, it's like that ignorance is bliss in a way. Like they have this right. ignorance and experience that makes them so pure. And that's what we have to be sometimes when we're chasing our dreams. We can't be like, I fell before or this happened before. You kind of just got to just get up and do it again like a child would if they're learning something new. And then afterwards, after he got his palm reading, I guess he didn't really like what he got. <laughs> right. He didn't like the answer. It was too simple. Right. At the end, she also said, I'm not going to charge you anything, but I want one tenth of your treasure when you find it. I'm the boy looking at her like, what the heck? But, I mean, I would have put a little fire. Like, hold on, she believes me though, <laughs> and she won't want mm-hmm. to. So maybe she might be on something. But yet, yeah, still, he was still a little skeptical afterwards. And when he left, felt like he had a lot less mojo than when he went in. And he was ready just to give up and then just to continue on trucking as a shepherd, worrying about the the merchant's daughter. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he started worrying about her, started worrying, is it is it anybody else that she could be interested in? Like, hopefully nobody comes with more sheep than me. And <clears throat> this is when he goes to the town. But before that, I just no. want uh, well, Go ahead. yeah, he goes to the town, but I just wanted to, to mention before I lose the thought that sometimes dreams are scary. Like when he left out of the gypsies. You know, he thought that the church, the abandoned, um, the abandoned ruined church, he thought it was haunted because he had the same dream. He was like, my dream is scary now. You know, and sometimes that's the state that we're in. We are like, dang, this is scary. Should I do this? I don't know how I'm going to do this. But luckily, when you do have something that you're passionate about, when you do have a dream, when you when you start to feel scared or afraid, there's something that intervenes. There's always this intervention. Yeah. And we see that character in the text come intervene and remind Santiago that his dream is not scary. Michelzadek. Michelzadek. Now, this character, he doesn't make his way into the shepherd's life until he reaches this town. And he's sitting down on the bench and he's reading a book. And he's pretty educated. He, he he went to class. He has some more education than most people would, especially at his age. Who who's educated? Uh, the shepherd, the boy. Oh, Santiago. Yeah, 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 Santiago. Yeah, he went to school. He he went to seminary school. I mean, he knows Latin, Spanish. Because the merchant girl, she can't even read the one that he likes. Right. <laughs> oh, <that's> the... <laughs> I ain't trying to come at her nothing, but you know, he's he's pretty educated, right. more than people his age or even older are. Right. And he's just sitting there, he's reading the book. And I don't know where this old man is come sitting down next to him. I'm like, what's up? He like, you Let know. me get some of your wine. <laughs> and Santiago right now, he's, he's in a pretty irritable mood. That's kind of why he's in his book. He's in his thoughts. He's thinking about the girl. And yeah. he's just he's just pretty much just going through a whirlwind of thoughts. And the last thing you want to do when, you, when you're in your own spirit, your own mind, you don't want to be bothered by nobody. We right. all have those moments. 
Yeah, but he couldn't stay in his thoughts. He couldn't just think about the gypsy and the girl. He had to deal with this old man. And this old man is like, let me get some something to drink. Let me get some of your wine. So Santiago, although he didn't agree with what his parents had wanted him to do, he still, he still listened to his parents. Like his parents raised him right. And they told him to respect the elderly. So he entertained this older guy and gave him something to drink. Allowed him to give him his book to read. That was another, he was actually trying to test the guy because he was trying to say, if he can't read this book, he probably just going to get up and leave me alone anyway. Right. So, yeah, the old man starts asking about what's he reading. And since Santiago, it's a new book that he's reading, he, he's not really sure about it. So he's like, here, he lets the old man see the book just to test him. Like, eh, if he doesn't even know the content or anything i believe he uh he had a problem with reading the title they didn't really get into depth what the book was or the title was but they did say that the title was uh, kind of hard to to read so he gave it to the guy and the guy's like oh this is an irritating book right it's like he read it before already yeah the book is symbolic the book is symbolic to what we might call the bible or the what uh, muslims might call the torah like or excuse me what jews might call the torah what Muslims got the Quran and it's, it's symbolic to that book and essentially the old man was like this book is about people believing the world's greatest lie it's about people forsaking their own personal legend which is also similar to almost a lot of other books he said yeah so let's get into that let's let's see what the author says a personal legend is and let's see what the world's greatest lie is because this right here when when he said this i was just like wow i thought that but i would i would never say that <laughs> right and the world's greatest lie is that at a certain point in our lives we lose control of what is happening to us and our lives become controlled by fate mm. basically we're not in control of nothing no more and the universe has us in the passenger seat and we're just we're just along for the ride well what about when people say you know leave it in god's hands you know what what what, what how do how do you but we should be the embodiment of god or the higher power it, the higher being should always be inside of us it's like say the house of god is in you right and that's where i see this 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 book kind of challenging traditional religion in a sense because it's not just that old saying you know leave it in somebody else's hand it's literally take the reign of your life so no need for jesus take the will once you understand your oneness with the universe you know you're when you're connected in that capacity you realize that you can actually control your own destiny and reach a personal level, which is your only obligation. Yeah, and we'll talk a bit about personal legends. A personal legend is actually, is what you always wanted to accomplish. And this is typically when you were young. Like, as time goes along, you kind of lose sight of it. If you, if you don't keep it close to heart, you can kind of forget what your personal legend was. But when we were growing up, when we were kids, it's that first thing that you really wanted. Like, whatever it was, whatever you wanted to be, that typically is your personal legend. It's your reason for being, and that's your truth. And you don't want to have your personal legend distorted by the world's greatest lie. 
something tells you, oh no, put what you want on a back burner because, you know, your life is, that's just not the way your life should be right now for whatever reason, you know, take control of your life. Personal legends, people that achieve their personal legends realize their responsibility to take control of their life. Yeah. Now, it's not easy because when you're going after your personal legend, there's this thing, there's this thing called negativity that'll come and make it seem like... A negative force. (laughs) Right. It seems like, (laughs) no, don't achieve your personal legend. But actually that negativity draws out the positivity. It shows you what you're really built of. It shows you your grit. It shows you your willpower. It shows you to keep going. Like, do you really want this? Do you really want what you say you want? Are you really supposed to be who you say you are? Right, you gotta be resilient. Right, and 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 like we've seen from the author, you know, he was persistent. You know, he believed in himself. And that negative force in his case was losing his publishing deal. Yeah, he had to go through all that, all those adversities to achieve his goal. Yeah, and we all experience that in our lives. We experience some form of negativity. Just say if you're a singer, you know what I mean? You might go deaf, you're a dancer, and something happens to your your, your knees, or it don't even have to be like some type of physical Im- impediment, but it could be just something like you just get discouraged. You, you feel doubt, you feel afraid. These, these feelings and events come along and it seems like you should go off your path, but really it's to remind you of how much you really want what you set out on and this kind of is the reason why Melchizedek appeared in front of Santiago right. because he's now at this point where he's ready to give up on his on his personal legend and it was sensed and when they were talking he also told Santiago that he's appeared in many forms but depending on the individual that form can be different now him saying this you, you get the sense like all right, so who is this guy, Melchizedek, really? You know, right. he, he told he told Santiago that he is the king of Salem, all this and that. But who, we try to think, like, who is he really? Because if he has these abilities to appear in front of many individuals, and he spoke of the last individual that he appeared in front of, which was a minor. He said, I appeared, I appeared in front of this guy in the form of a stone. So he was like, but now you're a man appearing in front of me. So maybe Melchizedek is actually a higher being as well. Yeah, and and Melchizedek doesn't always have to be like this mystical higher being. It could be an actual person or somebody, you know, somebody in your life or event in your life, something that comes in the form of a solution or a good idea, you know, synchronicity, something you, you, you might think of something and you hear a song or see something on TV or somebody might say it and it reminds you like... Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just thinking that. You know, those are the signs that kind of like could put you back on track and remind you like, hey, you're on the right path. You're thinking the right thing. Yeah, and negative influences can hinder your progress as well. Not only that, but positive ones can kind of get in the way of you achieving your personal legend too. Like the same thing that make you can break you. Like basically a stepping stone getting a job you know say you want to say there's something you have a, a larger goal in mind like but Santiago you need to, yeah but you have um, you want to get this job to try to get you enough money so you can 
achieve a different different goal, different dream. You can you can lose sight of your dream just getting comfortable with that that stepping stone. And that's kind of the analogy there. The same thing that makes you can break you, you can lose your way. Right, you gotta be aware, uh, be wary of your stepping stones, uh, getting in the way of your personal legend. You know, we we know that you gotta do something in the meantime, or like they say, fake it till you make it. But don't get caught up in in the survival. You know, trying to eat or trying to you know get shelter and warm for entertainment and pleasure. Don't get caught up in in that mentality and lose sight of what you really was doing it for you know you was working so you can buy your studio equipment you was working so you can get your plane tickets don't 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 forget you know what i mean yeah we have those moments of uh synchronicities like you might have that moment where okay all right boom i got this job and but don't let that cloud your in destination your vision Cause that that good that positivity can turn into be the negative force, just as well as a negative force can turn around and be the positive force. Too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Right. And I like how the author introduces these concepts that we all face as we're on our journey to figuring out who we are and what we're meant to be. Right. Our, our true purpose here. You know, we're all going to have to deal with. Should we do what our parents wanted us to do or should we do what we want to do? Should we be with who we love or should we do what we love? You know, should we just get this job, get this house, you know, go to school or should I travel, you know, and take pictures and make songs because it makes my heart happy or help people? You know, we all have these decisions that we have to make as we're uh, figuring out who we are and achieving our personal legend. So, Steaks, we finished up our first part in our Alchemist series. Yeah. And just to touch on some of the maxims and points that we made in the beginning of the podcast. Okay. The first one was, are you the shepherd or the sheep? Well, the shepherd is Santiago. That's someone who pays the price, who takes the risk. They're courageous to take their own path. Whereas the sheep follow the shepherd obliviously and are fully dependent upon him for food and water. A personal legend is your life purpose. As a stepping stone is pretty much what you use to help achieve that personal legend, but it can also make or break you if you're not careful. And then we have survival, which is comfortability. It's seeing the same people, places, being dependent on food and water and just your basic needs. And creation is more as following your dreams. We asked you earlier too, where is God? And as we see from the text, God is inside of you always and in your dreams. The world's greatest lie. Just know that you should always take responsibilities for your actions and you play a part in manifesting your destiny. It's not left up to fate, it's left up to you. And then lastly, should you achieve something 
just for your parents? In my opinion, you should achieve it for yourself. Though it would feel good to, to make your parents proud, but we are living for ourselves initially. In my opinion, your only obligation is achieving your personal legend, and that should make any parent proud. Definitely. Thanks for joining us for the first part of our podcast series, and we'll see you next week for part two. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Spotify, Apple, and Google to hear our podcasts, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yep. And once again, I'm Steve. And I'm North. And we're the the Data Data Collectors. Collectors.